You know the term Airbnb? Yeah. What's good is if like I have a place and uh I don't there's there's a place I don't stay in mm-hmm. as much. And so my first thought is I should Airbnb this thing because then you make a few beans in your jeans and you can go off and, you know, maybe buy something you wanted to mm-hmm. buy while you're not using That's like that's earning money while you sleep using your home as an Airbnb. I have a yeah. uh uh, well, it sounds so bourgeois, an extra home kind of someplace. And so it might make a really good Airbnb. Seriously. Hmm. It's not a bad idea because, you know, it's easy. And then people come in, they go, you make a little cash, you move on. I mean, you travel a lot. I travel a lot. It's good for us. You know, we can, you can Airbnb your house here and then go somewhere and do it. And that's the thing is you have so much flexibility. You could do it just during the summer months or just do weekends. I mean, you're in complete control. And then you make, as you call, the beans while you go do yeah. other things. Right. Like, let's say you know you're going to take a trip for a family reunion every year. You can plan ahead, take that week, and uh, Airbnb your place. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no holes in this theory right here. <laughs> you know, if you have a seasonal yeah. house. Got to try it out. Listen. Your place might be worth more than you think. You got to check in. You find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, Maya Rudolph's on the show today who we love. Dana's munching. I I got to go to Hawaii with mm-hmm. Maya when her Maya. daughter Pearl was just squirted out. Literally, I cut the cord on the plane. And then we had fun there. And then I saw them. She and PTA were there during uh, Wrong Missy at the beginning. They were just there in Hawaii, so we got mm. to see him. But she's always, obviously, a super talent. And uh, now I have a, now a story for you, Dana, before you talk. Um, I'm just thinking about the umbilical cord, because yeah. I cut the umbilical cord. Of her? No, of my own wife, dummy. Oh, and how'd it go? <laughs> well, they give you gloves that are the exact same color of the umbilical cord. So my two fingers are down there Stupid. and I've got scissors. And I, it's like three umbilical cords. Three little hot dogs. Literally so three that... umbilical cords. I'm like, <laughs> when I went, I didn't know if I was going to get it on my finger. Yeah, and then you get the bill. You go, hey, you didn't knock off anything for uh, my work. <laughs> so newsflash, how about bright red gloves for yeah. the guy cutting the umbilical cord so he can do any? What color is an umbilical purple? cord? The audience wants to know. Oh, I don't know. We'll let Maya is it? answer. We, we talk about that. Oh, yeah. We get into that. Also, I want to tell Dana that, you know, when you're on SNL, we didn't get to this with Maya, but, you know, Lauren sometimes we'll call you out of the blue. Now I'm lower on the totem pole than this guy. I was more of a journeyman. But this but Lauren calls me out of the blue maybe 2 3 years in. They go, "Lauren's calling." I go, "I'm back in LA." I go, "Yeah? Hello? Hello?" And he goes, "David uh Lauren." Yes, the girl told me. And then he goes, "David uh Mick Jagger <laughs> is doing something for something and uh mm. he has to give like a little monologue speech. Do you think you'd have any um ideas or i think you'd be someone that knows music you could throw in some stuff and i go uh, i don't know when's he doing it and uh what is it and then i hear hello he puts mick on oh and i go oh hello oh, I need he goes, some hello jokes. yeah he goes oh i need some fucking rib ticklers <laughs> oh i need a pun or something don't, a nice joke for me <laughs> don't give me your fucking regular dog shit i seen in your act yeah. 
give me the good stuff. <laughs> Top shelf. <laughs> so I sat there and tried to pitch some fucking bullshit. Don't hog the jokes for yourself. Give it to me or Mick Jagger. Maybe put a little wiggle wiggle in it. It fold. <laughs> he goes, I can wiggle, wiggle. I go, oh, you should do the TikTok I've dance. got hips again, smooth and sway, side to side. I I, I'm not doing I'm Mick Jagger at all. I mean, I I'm know, not we, even close to Mick Jagger. But uh, it was just to say that we were talking earlier about that. Like, it's sort of interesting that, first of all, Lauren has all these big deal friends. And then when you get pulled into the mix, Fun. suddenly I'm on the phone. He just puts them on, you talk. And then mm. mix, mix. Almost nervous pitching me ideas because to anyone else, to a comedian, he doesn't really know what level I am. He just heard I was a writer. You know, he goes, this, he might write some good jokes. So he's kind of going, what about this? What about this? And I'm saying this. Anyway, he won't remember. So don't ask him because he'll deny it. But, uh, and because it didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> Maya Rudolph is uh, a- uh, I was going to tell my- Oh, more, yeah. Oh, Dana, hold for Keith Richards. Really? He's going to do the monologue. Oh, he's got the I, other so, Hi, Keith. I don't even know if I have any- That's all right, bro. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so that's my- Then Lauren, <laughs> then it got worse over the years. Hold for Hanson. <laughs> You think we should go with Hold Mbop or Bleep Blop? <laughs> hey, Dana, it's Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> if you don't, if you can't do an impression, young people, just say the name of the person it's funny. you're doing. Hold for this Urkel. This is Mick Jacob. <laughs> yeah. Hold for Urkel. Hold for Urkel? Yeah. <laughs> Why, my name's Urkel. <laughs> That's Urkel. <laughs> well, I'm Urkel. Oh, he's got uh, suspenders. Well, he has suspenders. <laughs> I'm the good shit. I am officially Urkel getting pop. punchy. I apologize yeah, to our listeners. We've been here for 14 yeah. hours doing these. Anyway, yeah. Maya Rudolph, we love her. She and sings. Uh, she dances. She does all these great characters. She's doing her show right now called Go. Loot. Loot. Two billboards on Sunset. And we get into that. Uh, Everyone Loves Maya is uh, a show that I'm going to pitch to her. All the, the women pilot. I know in my life love Maya. She's she's like someone who you would if you it's like someone if you sat down for lunch you'd be like really really happy exactly that was Lauren talking about Maya Maya Amy she's just Tina a fun, that little squadron uh, is a is a is a hit so and she she will one thing I stood out for me is just talking about uh, doesn't have time for fools or or jerks or p angry people oh, that's right that's wants right. to enjoy her work so anyway it's a very very cool interview we really enjoyed hanging out with her here she is did you did you hear the lightning did you hear the lightning what lightning oh we had a lot of lightning with power outages all kinds of stuff are you in la I'm in yeah, L.A., dude. yeah. I'm in David's There's place. Lightning? Lightning in L.A., yeah. West Hollywood just, everything went out. The hell? Yeah. This is, Where are this you? goes out to the world. So my my address is, if you'd like, it's at the corner of, it's usually <laughs> unlocked. Maya Rudolph is our guest today. <laughs> I'm in New York, Spady. What's going on there? Why do you have to be there? Well, I come here for, I come here for the fun, you know? I come here for the fun. Well, you're never not working, so what would you be working nice on? Nice one. I came to do uh, Fallon and Seth. Hey, what did you do? <laughs> that, that's Fallon. That's, uh, and I did it for Jimmy and he loves it. <laughs> uh, my my uh, 
Apple show Loot is coming out on Friday, so I'm promoting it this week. Oh, that's L-O-O-T right. on Apple. You do a lot of shows. I like all your shows. You're with Fred. You're with friends. You're, you know, you're at camp. You're by the lake with all the ladies. And now you're, who's in Loot with you? Yeah, Loot is, she gets $82 billion. 87. Uh-huh. $87 billion. Uh, and then she gets, she finds out she's in charge of a charity mm. that she wasn't quite aware of, a foundation. Mm-hmm. She Spades, just, Spades makes it seem like he was very good at his book reports. I'm watching. After, well, this is my book report struggling through in front of the class. Yes. Then you're married. Uh, I, I, these aren't spoilers. They're in the trailer. You, your husband <laughs> cheats on you and you get money, but you don't really know what to do with your life because yeah. you sort of live a, uh, you know. I like it. It's it's the reverse Meg Markle story. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm playing Meg Markle. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. So then she, she, you're trying to help the world and also help yourself. Spade, that was lovely. Thank you so much for sharing with the class. That was great. What did yeah. I get, a B? You got an A for effort. <laughs> but I see loot billboards and I go, oh, there's Maya, of course. One million things she does because she's just the most in-demand actress We're going to call you the busiest actress she, in she really is and you know why because she adds to everything so if you throw her in no matter what the, the lead any part she scores and uh it's just more about her picking and deciding she seems to be very good at whatever she does i'm just gonna observe that you can disagree uh but i seems agree to be, you seem to be excellent no, i dana i i just want to hear you uh that's really nice to hear you say i know spade loves me but dana you already know I love you, so it's very exciting of course. to hear you say that. Every interaction I've had with you has been positive over Same. the years at SNL, at Largo. You're just, you're just cool. I don't know. But you know what? You actually, I know it sounds like kind of trivial, but that's actually a very big element for me. It's like, if it's not positive, I'm not interested yes i think even yes during the great reset and after the pandemic i'm not into negativity i just want positivity i think I it's a cultural shift that like i noticed that i was the dork that like when people would say like who's your favorite host on snl like who's your favorite i would always say like i was such a sucker i was like well so-and-so was really nice you mm-hmm. know like if someone was really nice mm-hmm. i'd like them like I didn't, yeah. didn't care really if they were funny, but like <laughs> they were difficult or, you know, if they were like a kind person, I was like, you know what? They were really great. I, I really enjoyed that. I think I hosted, I think it was Jimmy's f- fourth show. Did you come in with Jimmy Fallon or you were earlier? I but came you in were after fa- Jimmy. You hosted once when I was there though. Yeah. And I remember hanging out with you in the bleachers in 8H and you just turned to me and you said, you're nice. You're really, you're really nice. You know, you like you're kind of, yeah, <laughs> something like that. See, I guess I told to your, you, I, it's like a, it's a real comedy turn on for me. I really like it. I don't like when people are mean or snarky. It's not, um, it's not enjoyable for me. It makes my butthole tight in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the same When experience. you do uh, work as much <laughs> as we all do different things. I think we've all been in a situation where you're on a show or you're somewhere where you're kind of stuck, like a movie or a show, and you know it's going to yeah. be days. And you realize, because you never meet anyone really until maybe a read-through or on the set. And if you get a weird vibe, you're like, oh my God, is this, this shit going to be like this the whole time? I'll be on eggshells. Yeah. I, 
So you try to work with people. And people go, why do you do movies with people you know? Or It's just such a simple answer because you know what you're getting. You know they're already cool or you wouldn't do it again. And I also feel like I'm not as funny on my own because I'm I'm sketch lady. I'm not a stand-up. So I -hmm. prefer um, a team sport. And I like... I feel funnier when I'm with people that make me laugh. So I, I, I feed off of that energy. So I need to be like genuinely enjoying myself or it's a real downer for me. I don't. I totally agree. Yeah. I to, I, I'm completely with you. And I feel like I was a sketch player organically, but I became a standup. There wasn't any improv troops in San Francisco at the time that I would join, but with David or you or anyone, yeah, it gets you going. And I, uh, I think that joyfulness maybe is underrated and, you know, there's certain camps that like if it's frustrating or people are angry, it's going to be a better project. But I just think joy wins. Yeah, I don't want to be like, you know, Mickey Rourke and uh, what's her name? (laughs) Nine and a half weeks? Making nine and a half weeks. Like, didn't he? Carrie Otis or somebody? Or Kim Basinger? Didn't he like eat a raw onion before he kissed Kim Basinger? Like meat? Like I heard crazy. That's my trick. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, how you, that's how you lure them in, in I life, share yeah. a raw onion with my wife after lovey-dovey <laughs> time and that's just a picadillo that we have what um, about Maya have you ever been in the situation where well you're two things you're from I think Groundlings and when you're from that collaborative fun and you get to SNL I think people we've talked to because Dana and I are dopey stand-ups but it's less of a harsh transition than it was for us because it doesn't mean we're not collaborative. It just, that's not what we're doing every second. Absolutely. And and you guys get there and it's a little smoother. Well, it's a little mini SNL, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then you bring your sketches fully formed to the show. I I assume in the early days of the show. Yeah. I mean, I tried to bring groundling sketches there early on and I, and uh, that, that um, led with the resounding thud and at the table. But, <laughs> but I but what I learned is that like, you know, it, it 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 it's you have to write for the room. So like once I learned how to take those pieces, like if there was a character that I really liked or or a premise that I really liked and make them work for that room. Because every room is different. So um are you saying the read through room or eight H? I guess I guess both. both. <laughs> yeah. You're, but you're making a good point that I hadn't thought about. Well, you have to get past that read-through yeah. room, which is pretty wicked. Like, I never wrote to, like, you know, just write for the table so that I'd get it in. Like, I guess it was for both, mm-hmm. but, like, you have to be laughing at the table or else it doesn't Yeah, work. you try to write for people at home, but that's not the politics of it. And that is the first time someone said Dana had a good point, by the way, just well, on the side That note. was very, very nice of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think also, which we've talked about, but it's very interesting to me, is that you don't want to be too theatrical in the read-through room. It can come off like a turnoff or kind of sweaty, but sometimes you have to get up and sing a song or move around right. to show the room. But everyone's from Harvard and Yale, kind of. <laughs> Everyone is like super smart and they can see you're pushing too hard. There's a whole energy to that. Yeah. And then 8H is its own monster uh, or beautiful place, depending on how, how you're doing. Wait, you know, Maya, do you so, think... Go ahead, you go with Maya. Wait, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Mine was more of a large... Uh, question. I like big, big questions. People <laughs> like when we don't let the guests talk. David, do you have that special sub? <laughs> I'm always getting engaged. That's why I like Blue Nile because every week when I go to get engaged, 
and I know I want to plan the perfect proposal, celebrate the love I've built this week. Yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But this is such a big deal to get married. And, you know, you got to mm-hmm. do it right. BlueNile.com. Yeah. They know what to do. They know it takes all the guesswork out of it for you. Totally. With Blue Nile, you can create, get this, David, a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. That's the whole hook, man. Yeah, they've committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Mm -hmm. They offer a diamond price guarantee, which means they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond because, you know, you're going to spend all this money. I like, the diamond industry made up this thing. You should spend about a year's salary or two months or eight Mm -hmm. months and you go, should I? You know how hard money right. is to come by? And you know how painful the best deal. it will be yeah. when you spend way, way too much. Your friend tells you about BlueNile.com, and then you see that you could have got a better diamond ring for half the price. Or less, That's yeah. painful. Yeah, yeah. So skip the painful and make the diamond ring mainful. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly what they, that's what <laughs> that I say. kind of rhymed. Meaningful. You're making a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. Get guaranteed service and repairs for life. Mm-hmm. Your secret's safe. This is the best thing. They, they send your order. Uh, it's insured. It arrives in packaging. Won't give it away. Mm-hmm. Could be anything. Mm-hmm. That, could be the, that could be ruined right there. Hey, honey, I wonder what this is. And then she shakes it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a coffee cup. And then she opens it up. I love you, honey. Mm-hmm. Right now, outside it says fragile diamond ring inside. Hundred <laughs> percent satisfaction guaranteed with guaranteed free shipping in returns with Blue Nile. Yep, right now you can get fifty dollars <laughs> off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more with code Fly at BlueNile.com. That's fifty dollars off with code Fly at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Um, <laughs> when I, I, my question was, if you're, if you have a groundling sketch and people are aware of it, is there sort of a stink on it where they're against it a little bit when you bring it in? Or do you just like, when they brought in, there's sketches that were read when I was there where I didn't know, and it, and it gets, it's almost gets a more of a fair shot if they don't know anything. I would say probably. I think it depends. I mean, I'm trying to unlock my, my memory yeah. capabilities of 20 fucking years ago. So I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. 70 I, for me and Dana. That's the exactly. most honest answer we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> that was the thing well, I was say, I was just going to say just in general is like uh, just a, an excited um, acknowledgement of like, it's, you know, I mean, I've talked to you guys about SNL before. It's kind of all I ever want to talk about with people that know it well. I find it the most continuously fascinating topic mm-hmm. but it's so interesting to me to talk to other people that were there at a different time because mm. we're 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 of the same fraternity sorority college university whatever it is for everybody but we were there at different times so we were there in different eras so like Dana I I might have told you this but I think I found one of your sketches in my old desk in my office wow. like and I think it was on oh. a yellow legal pad. I'm not kidding. That would be normal. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder how you got a hold of it, or unless I cleared out. Maybe you you were in my I office. Got an, I got an old desk that I. Th- oh, okay, and it was in there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and I think I saved it. I'm saving it for like Sotheby's or something. That's interesting. Oh, it's so oh. interesting. I mean, the history is so interesting to me because it was such a like. 
exciting place to get to. And then once I got there, all the people that I loved already had like touched it. So it was so exciting. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, when I got there, we were all using those, um, they were still using Mac SE 30s, you know, those mm-hmm. like, I think it's like, like the computer, computer people were using when I was in college. But like, that was when we had a server, but like, you weren't using a server when you were there. Oh, no. It was all pencil and paper, and then you'd hand it in. Someone else would type it. We had it. those Mad Men girls. <laughs> there was four girls in the room. <laughs> Honestly, just typing. And you'd put your sketch in the pile, and they'd write their name on the top so you know who typed it. And you go to Claire and say, Claire, did you do this? Can you even understand my writing? And they sort of understood everyone's, the way they wrote. And I'd have to hand my sketch in, Dana. Like, let's say you write till two or three, whatever, on Tuesday night. I three. I know. I was a puss. I'd hand it in. This is why you I almost got go fired. All night. Two or three. <laughs> I was. I left at eight a.m. Even when I had a baby. Oh well, <laughs> you won that one. But it that's became why I got a badge fired. of honor. You stay late. Yeah, well, two I, or three. Crazy. Listen, let's not focus on the fact that I'm a colossal <laughs> pussy. I handed my sketch in, and then I took a cab to the Upper West Side to go home and sleep four hours. And then I'd come back in, or especially if I didn't finish my sketch, I'd come back in and hand it in, or I'd come and they go, can you tweak this? And I'd come all the way back and then go all the way home and then come back for a read-through. That killed me. That was tight. Yeah, that was typing. Or that was, So mm-hmm. I'd hand it in freehand, and they wouldn't understand it. They'd have to be able to call me in the middle of the wow. night and go, can you explain <laughs> what this arrow means? And uh, they go, this sketch is garbage. Do you want us to finish it? That was most of the calls. <laughs> We're halfway through it. It looks like it's got, a, it kind of reeks already. But you know, Maya, when you say that about what you found, I had an old red binder. I don't know if Dana, you might have that. It's hard red binder. And it said SNL in the front, like in a circle. And then you'd put your your script in it if you wanted. And the director had mm-hmm. one. And we uh, The cast barely ever used it. But I got home and found that when I moved recently and I found an old rundown. You get the rundown oh. after dress and the rundown for air and it says cold open this, this, this and the times next to it or whatever and bye was on, it was the Helen Hunt show and so I saw all that and it was all these memories. Each sketch you look, even if it was a dress one, you go, oh, that one got cut. Oh, that one's good. Oh, that got moved up on air, I remember. Very like wash of memories hitting you like, oh my God, like right there. I love it. So Maya, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Were you of the ilk of very meticulously organized with your binder and your office, or were you more toward mm. bare, controlled chaos? Some were very neat, and some were just like wild. <laughs> I I never had a binder. I guess I was like the last generation. I was like the beginning of that like computer generation, but like yeah. still innocent. Like we didn't have social media. I think there were probably mm-hmm. like no forums, so people would write weird shit about us. But other than mm-hmm. that, like or fan mail, yeah. yeah, fan mail from jail. Got a lot of fan mail from jail. Yeah, um, that was the only fan mail I got. And it was like, <laughs> "You and Sherry O'Terry are hot." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's scary. <laughs> David well, got that a lot too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like, is Sherry O'Terry nice? <laughs> I got a lot of those. A lot of those. <laughs> but I uh I was I've never been an organized person, but I'm not I'm not like a like a slob. I'm not slovenly, mm-hmm. but I'm not You know what? I would say that I'm probably being overly critical and to an outsider I probably look organized, especially You do. Like the like the the 
Emily Spivey and I shared an office for the majority of the time that I was there. So that was like a pretty mm-hmm. consistent office partner. I had other partners, mm-hmm. but I, um, but she and I had a, an office together for the majority of time. And like, we put posters on the wall and like, she had That's her nice. desk. I had mine. Yeah. We, we like salvaged posters. a couch that wasn't covered in like the semen from the seventies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, and the 80s. And the 80s. I said the 80s. But, um, I, had, I can safely say I had no action in my office for the solid six oh, years. Oh, God, no. Nothing. I, that's I'm from, no. The, I'm from a, a fairly sober generation, too. Like, that's the other thing yeah. that's funny. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm sure people, who knows people, what people were doing. I mean, I'm such, a, I'm such a grandma. But at a certain point, I was even pregnant when I was there. So, like, I, you know, I was, I feel like in general, other than people going out to drink, like, I was a pretty, like, I feel like the majority of people, I, especially the, the girls that I worked with, mm-hmm. the women that I worked with were like good students. You had a lot of mm-hmm. strong women. Um, yeah, like we, I just feel like we were, everyone was always like in a tither about us. But I just think like we were all kind of similar in our upbringing and like we were like good daughters, good students, like. Earnest. Yeah, and like we all like came from him. sketch. So we knew how to work with other people, you know, cause I, I'd, I'd heard other rumors that like, it was scary and like competitive. Yeah. And I just, I don't work that way. And I also don't work mm-hmm. well that way. Like I would just, if, if it had been that way for me, like if I'd been there at a different time, I would not have, I don't think I would have survived. Mm-hmm. So who did you, I mean, it seemed like the, the pivot to like when Tina Fey and then there was you and then I don't know what order. And then there was Amy of course, mm-hmm. and before that, Anna Gastar. There were so many strong, uh, funny women. I don't. It just seemed to accelerate in terms Kristen. of numbers. When I yeah. got there, well, the it, it was already accelerated because when I got there, Molly and Sherry and Anna were still Ooh. in the cast. Crush yeah. it! So it was yeah. already it was already Crush City. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that hard or so many women? Because sometimes, like, I think when I was there, it was a little less women in Dana, and that was a big problem. Like. We need more women. We need more women for the parts. But the women that were there got lots of parts. They were thrown in everything. I mean, I think that I learned the hard way that like, because we were all writing, you know, that like you have to write your own stuff. So it wasn't hard if your stuff was strong and you got it on. But to me, it was more like, I mean, I look at the show now and I'm like, you have like 20, 21 white guys. Like, Yeah. yeah, how can anybody be on the show and get any airtime ever? There should be more. I, we've so talked crazy. to some people that have been there quite a while, and there's still a logjam. Well, up now top, it's, it's not you know? just that; it's a huge cast, and then it's also like four, four pre tapes a week. Which I mean, <laughs> I would. God I'd damn! Be dead. I'd be dead. Yeah, they do a lot of yeah. More like pre-tapes. you drive out to Long Island at four in the morning, you're like, wait, this is a show week. I can't do anything else. I can't. I can't even function. And then it takes you away from writing or something. Yeah. One time, uh, oh, forget it. <laughs> I had another sob story. I remember oh, one I time. Can't wait. <laughs> no, I, I was doing. I was doing Coneheads applause, and um, Coneheads was sort of jury duty for all of us because. Lauren said it was, uh, you know, Paramount, everyone was in it and we all had a part. And then I had to do a pickup. So I had to do a pickup during a John Goodman show and they go, you fly out to LA, you go to Disney ranch. Uh, (laughs) yeah, you fly out in a red eye, you wake up, you shoot at Disney ranch all day and then you're going to miss Friday 
or Thursday or something. You come in for the show, you know. Okay. And I'm so light in the show. Fine. So I fly. I fly on the on the uh, red eye. Letterman is in first class. This is another side story. And he goes, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know Letterman. I've only done the show once. So I'm totally in awe. And they go to me. Uh, the stewardess goes, should I wake you for honey buns? And I go, no, no, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then, buns? Yeah, I honey guess. Buns? First, first what class, wake up. I'm more confounded by the honey buns. Yeah. So then Letterman gets up there taxiing. He gets up to go to the bathroom at the last second. And he stops and puts his hand on my leg and goes, should I wake you for honey buns? <laughs> and uh, Honey and, buns? What airline was I this? I know, American. And so American. then we go there <laughs> and I land. I can't sleep. I get up. We drive to Disney Ranch. They grease my hair back. I do a couple of crusher scenes, whatever, killing. These are other people's words. You destroyed. And, uh, and then I get all the way back home to my dog shit apartment. And this is, you know, obviously like, five or six i order a domino's on the way i land i take one bit bite and shoemaker calls and he goes hey uh lauren wants you back and i go uh, well, i'm well he doesn't but also i'm coming tomorrow i just finished shooting he goes he wants you back you got a car out front you got to come back i go you're out of your fucking mind i gotta back go to, now back to disney ranch back to new york Oh, back to New York. I go, I just got home. I got to go to bed and I got to get up and then fly back. Can, can I ask Maya a question? Oh, sorry. Finish your thought, Dave. Jesus. Sorry. Your oh, what? I got, I got ADD. What? Is Maya the guest or am I? I I'm just curious when um, <laughs> jumping around here, because you had this huge Kamala Harris yeah. thing you did that I think you, did you win an Emmy? Or, I don't know. You have a lot of awards. You have two <laughs> Emmys. And nominations and I things. I only won Emmys during quarantine, so it feels like it. Like during COVID, so it feels like it, it feels you like just, a fever dream. It seems like you won a lot of counting stuff. Yeah, in the last five. So I you won, won four, for Kamala Harris. Okay, I won you, four Emmys four? during during uh, during during four lockdown. Emmys. Four Emmys during lockdown. And, Sorry, two and, during lockdown, two the follow. No. The what the fuck? You have COVID was pandemics. And awards just kind of are, are married got, when it comes to Maya. I got really hot during the pandemic. Now, Luckily, we know you awards have a mean big family me. and you're busy. How are you? I was just to David's thing. How are you flying back and forth? Because at one point, Lauren called me before the start of that political season, just out of the blue, like on a Thursday. We need you like yesterday. You, you'll do Biden um, mm -hmm. And I hadn't even tried to do Biden. I hadn't even thought of doing Biden. I had to do something else, so I didn't do it. And then Jim Carrey did his first, he was the first one to kind of do it for that season, right? It was Jim Carrey. Yeah. But then it's just for travel first, besides the creative part of it. Were you just going back and forth or were you able to stay in New York? I was and going back and forth for the most part. The week of the election, I stayed in yeah. New York, but I was going back and forth every, every weekend. Yeah. When would you come in for Friday and Saturday or the whole week? I would come in for like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And oh. that was pretty, pretty early. That was pretty early days of um, COVID and like, Scary. you know, I, I was, I was very scared. So, and I was also like scared about my kids and I wasn't yeah. vaccinated yet. And we didn't even know if they would get back. Mm -hmm. My kids would get vaccinated anytime soon. So um, I was pretty, pretty uh, nervous nelly about the whole thing sure. and um they were and it was really actually quite comforting to be in 30 rock because i think like anything i mean i experienced this having a baby and then coming back to work which was like anything familiar 
even if it's hard, mm-hmm. it's more comforting. So like being in that building, especially when there was a global pandemic, weirdly felt comforting because it was yeah. familiar. I knew where to go. Feels normal. It felt normal. Yeah. And so, but that be, I say that to say like those first shows were pretty gnarly in terms of um, like cue cards were on um, third, the third floor. So we weren't really seeing changes sometimes. I think one of the first shows we didn't see the changes until we were on air. And that, was, that, <laughs> that, that always blows people's like, and that mind. was tough. That was it is tough. weird. And, but Are it was, ex- you know, like, again, to me, that like weird, you know, like rush that I get yeah. from that place that that is familiar was okay. And I knew it would be okay. Whereas like, I assumed somebody like Jim was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? This isn't, this is madness. Do you find that Lauren, because uh, I was just thinking about his personality and he is with his droll sense of humor. He is, he's, he never gets, you know, thrown out. I've, I've only seen him just yeah. very calm and I don't know what he said when you first came back, but he must've said something pithy to relax you and you, you, you do Kamala and you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just that that vibe is kind of comforting. That's it is a big comforting. part of his. Also, his, can I just say for the record that you, you've the best Lorne I've ever heard. Whoa. Um, I, I think this is very nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I put you on the spot. No, like, I can't do it. But like, if I'm, if I'm like old and like, or if I'm like in a bed, Dana, will you come, will you come talk to me like Lauren? <laughs> I would talk to you like Lauren. It's that thing my, you know, you're like really loved. And it's, it's, it's sort of, it's like a victory lap. Oh, I have heart, Lauren. My heartbeat just got like ah, isn't it calmer just and I calm feel down. warm everywhere. Oh, well, that's nice. I mean, I, I started doing it when I got there after about four months and I didn't know anyone else was doing it, but it was really, uh, which I've said before, in the Wednesday meeting, picking the sketches, you know, some sketches off to the side, there's a big bulletin board and he would say, that was my first in, oh, I still have no fucking first act. <laughs> and then he would go in his private bathroom and come back out. <laughs> And he'd say, Whitney's piece, uh, the pig and the goat, anybody? Uh, I don't know, Lauren. <laughs> anybody and, I liked. And then Lauren know. would go, I-, I-, I thought it was breathtaking. Oh, it's so out. good. Breathtaking. Uh, we great. love him. He's very popular on our show. He gets shinier and brighter as you get away from the show and, you, mm-hmm. and you're kind of more aware of what he's having to balance. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Okay, Dana, you, you like to kick back and relax every now and then, correct? Of course, you know, it's like, all work, no play, makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you don't want relaxing? My heart surgeon? The pilot on my next flight? The guy with the nuclear codes? <laughs> <laughs> no, those are good answers. The correct answer is mm. your money. If you have money to invest, you want it to be working hard for you. Mm, you know me, David. You know I'm with you on that. That's what the Betterment Automated Investing and Savings app is for. It's a simple way for you to give money a swift kick in the butt, your money. I'm listening. I'm not quite sure how they do it, but apparently automated technology is optimizing your investments without you doing a thing. You just relax. Not only that, but your money can earn 11 times the national average in a high-yield cash account. Well, 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 well wait a minute. No, wait. you're telling me that I can be earning 11 times more, more than the than... national average. Yep, that's what they say. Jeez, 11 times is, well, that's even more than 10 times, which is a lot. 
Where do I sign up? Okay. You visit betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. It's time to get Betterment. I'm Jack. (laughs) Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast WikiHole from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you learn that's the sciency term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Who the character of Kamala Harris and didn't you sometimes have a cup with a straw in it? There was a casual kind of there, there was, was some kind of character you a, made from Kamala. There was and a, how, uh, I think it was like a like a mai tai or a daiquiri or so you just lot of type drink. Played her as this character uh, that was based on Kamala, which was sort of you. It was incredibly potent what you were doing. This super confident, or how did you come up I, with that? You know, I, I first of all. I just want to say for the record that I just met her for in person for the first time ever. And I don't know if you experienced this playing um, political uh, people and then on the you show, but like yeah. but they would, you know, during the elections, everyone would come through the building. So you would get to cross paths with sometimes with the people that you were playing, but yeah. I never, I never got to do that. And then I just thought like, well, I'll never meet her. It's COVID. And yeah. but I did just get to meet her. And then weirdly, like at a dinner, then someone was asking like, how do you play her? And I had to like say it in front of her. Oh. It was humiliating. Oh. Although I realized I was saying to her, you know, I'm not an impressionist. I've never been an impressionist. Like I, I think I do impressions of people, but I, I think the reason why her impression is that way is because Kamala is like, um, she's, she's, I, I'm fascinated by her. Like, again, back to that thing that we were talking about, Dana, like, I found the joy in playing her in like the same way Mm -hmm. I think kids like dress up as like princesses or like play like, so, you know, um, like, like Luke Skywalker, you know, Mm -hmm. I know my references are dated, but you get it. Like, no, but I I get this, the sense of fun. I mean, when you, when I was watched, you watch Duke Kamala, it's just like Maya's having so much fun and it's joyful. And so it's hard. It's, you just want to look at it. You want more of it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's joyful. And I and I actually said that to her. Like I yeah. I find her to be joyful. Like she's a big smiler. Yeah. She yeah. she feels like she's got a lot of joy in her. She's laughing at things. And then when she mm-hmm. has to be serious, tough, stern, mm-hmm. anything, she is. And like it's it's powerful. She's so powerful, and mm-hmm. it's really exciting. So like all the. Th- things that draw me to her were just like the things that I was probably in the back of my mind trying to emulate when you see someone that's like 
exciting to your fascinating. That's why like Beyonce is so fun because like I want to be Beyonce. I want to play yeah. dress up. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be her, you know, her stage persona. Not, you know. Yeah, but, isn't like, it fun to play, play confident characters? Huh? Is it fun? Co- fun to play confident characters. Yeah. It's like your Long Island ladies with Amy. Like those two are so crazy funny. Well, that uh, one is I, Jody Mancuso who runs our hair department at SNL. Like that that we are we're both Oh, you're playing, doing her. Yeah, we're both playing yeah. Jody. Um and that's and that's the fun that's like the fun game of it is like mm-hmm. we're imitating Jody to, for Jody and she loves yeah. it. So then we just keep going. Also, also you're playing Kamala and, and some of these characters are not mean impressions. So you're not, it's more fun when you see the people because sometimes impressions have a, a slight mean streak just for the funny factor. And you don't realize when you see the person, oh, I do exaggerate this or that. And that might not. Yeah. I mean, well. look, if they, if I, if I ended up having to play like Trump or something, like there's no way I'd find any joy I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I would do just fine roasting that mofo. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a lot of things. Excuse me. We're doing a lot of good stuff. Let me tell you, we're going to be, you're going to see a lot of stuff. You're going to be very happy. I can tell you that stuff, yeah, is, James- stuff might be the, the word he uses the most. Like, if you were to tell yeah. me that we were ever going to have someone in a position of power using and whose favorite word was stuff, I'd be <laughs> and so bummed. I'd be bummed. We're doing a lot of things. Lot yeah, of yeah. things. Really? Or any any time you want to tell me what those things no, are? It's just, just very Dane is very general. I don't. I try to find a hook in it. I it's it's, so it's like a, a song to me, and I then I don't really harbor in. Uh, teaching or making political points but you could just do stuff and let the audience decide but trump's a funny rhythm biden is also very interesting now that he's gotten more animated and he's louder um because he was very whispery and so yeah james and, that's on snl yeah. right now is doing both of them beautifully uh, he's he's, unreal. he's incredible oh yeah, yeah yeah we did talk to him he we had him on the podcast and he is unbelievable and it's like anything like the minute you see someone do the impression you're like oh that's what it yeah. is yeah that's the most jealous hit when you go, oh my God, that's an so easy good, hook. But I feel like no one now we can all tap into it and yep. we can do it because we heard him do it correctly. You're like, right, that's what it is. It was cool too because I remember during the pandemic, early days, early stages of the pandemic, Amy Poehler, I think, was really into his TikTok and was sending him to me mm. and our friends and saying like, this guy's- I was too. I sent my friends. He was walking down the street. Exactly. And I, and I go, it's so hard to riff- he would talk about anything, and I go, it's very hard without a script, because a script, you you write in your hooks. You make sure you say certain things. But when someone just asks you a question, and you have to riff, you can't always find your way he, back to the funny parts, he, you know? He has the language of Trump in that when yeah. we, we did a live thing with James, and then we had the audience just suggest any movie or TV show, you know, and he would just go with it. Oh whatever it was what as trump in the language of trump he would so yeah, yeah he would do he, trump like saying why it affected china and so whatever you asked him he would get it all the way back to that's why china's the bad guys and it was so <laughs> it was so funny and then oh you my go, god it was just a q and a wait is that the hat i bought you this i didn't even think of that i swear to god i go i just oh, put I thought you were doing it to see if i would no. notice really and i didn't mean to interrupt while you were talking about kamala <laughs> but the sun was the light was my eye and i grabbed my hat and i go 
I thought, Wait a second. <laughs> didn't you wait give, a minute? You, that was a little, that gave, was a sweet little, sweet little grownups wrap gift. That's what it was. I go, you gave it to all. It was a grownups. I only way. bought you one gift once. Don't make people think. I. Oh my gifts. God. You know, I get a <laughs> gift probably every week from Maya and, um, that that was That's just one so of them. Nice grown ups. Oh it's my the, god, we're it's the we're, least I can do, Dana. It it was literally the least she could <laughs> David do. David needs Gro- a friend. Yeah. Grown ups. needs a friend, and David needs a friend. Go ahead, David. My and our friends, and we were on Grown Ups, which is keeping the lights on at TBS. Uh, it's on every day. Grown Ups one and two. Yeah, and uh, I had so much fun. I don't even realize it till afterwards, and then people see it and they go, "Was that fun?" I go, "Yeah, it was." Even though some reviews were like, at least they had fun. <laughs> I mean, mo- I feel like my memories of making that movie. Well, the first movie I was pregnant. So yeah. um, that was more like just keeping myself intact. But yeah, I feel like we did a lot of eating together. You're a very good eating buddy. <laughs> I'm a very good eater. Also, you yeah. were always fun on the show. So if you're walking on the set and you see Maya, you have to just walk over because she has something to say about anything. It's just fun to talk to. And then the next one, you're great. And then I ran into you in Hawaii when I was doing the wrong Missy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were, good, old, good old tiptoes. I told Dana uh, that there's yeah, a tiptoes, but David I can't remember how it started. Nickname. Well, my kids call him a tiptoes because they tried <laughs> to tell him a joke and he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And, they, and the joke goes like this, Dana. What? What? Um, begins with a begins with T and ends with T. And I said tiptoes. And he said a tiptoes, and they were like a, tea- <laughs> a teapot. <laughs> like yeah. What? By the That's way, not- they laughed so hard at my answer because it was so fucking horrible. And then they then they liked me after that because they liked because I was stupid. Aww. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's not uh, so he's not so bright, that little spin. Yeah, yeah. But it's he's, cute. he's like a, a kind of a fake uncle, you know, and yeah, the kids love fun, him. He's a funkle. When I he's walked away, I heard one of them go, Mommy, go. why is he famous? And you couldn't answer. And I was like, huh. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I don't know. Eat your frosted mini wheat, son. <laughs> Maya, what's the ba- what's the questions you've been asked the most when you go on podcasts oh, yeah, what's or a good talk one? shows? You don't have to answer your. Uh, fake what does question. David Spade smell like? Is yeah, number one. Uh, honey, I haven't done um, a lot of podcasts. P.S. Yeah, you're a babe because I'm only like I'm very selective. And we're very flattered you're on this one. Well, okay, I mean, I'll do again, one. Like I, you guys are a people I um, know, like, and adore, and worship. Don't My phone's that. ringing. Should I answer it? I think it's kind of hip if you do. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's see who it is. Yeah, because it sounds it like a murder mystery already? or something. That's a hotel no, phone. I think, I think it's like, can we clean? No, it's probably, it's Cam- Kamala Hello, Harris. This is Maya. Hello? Hi, Go this is Kamala Maya. Harris. And uh-huh. Maya is on the phone right now. She's in. We, uh, I don't she's, know who that is. The call is coming from inside the hotel. She says, I don't know who that is. Right. Now she's, she's walking. She's terrified. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> it was it was Kamala Harris, guys. What is she doing? I knew it. She was here to hang out. You know, um, I learned it's Kamala, by the way. <laughs> so if you do meet her, you have to you have you have to pr- pronounce that. You put the emphasis on the first A, or else I don't know. Kamala, what almost like Pamela, almost with the like K. Pa- Pamela. You that well, that, that yeah. fruit we all pretend exists. Can I? There's two questions I'd like to get to. One yeah, is because I'm just curious. When did 
little Maya first have the dream of being a comedian, i.e. sketch player? Because I know you have a huge musical background, mm -hmm. but when did that first hit you like, I'm funny and maybe I could be on TV? I think I fantasized about it very, very, very young. Like seven, six, seven, eight years yeah, of age. Maybe even, yeah, yeah. Like do you do you see it in any six. of your kid your kids? Do you see the bug in any of your kids? I do, yeah. And okay. I'm sure in the same way that I had it because, you know, my parents being musicians, they were on the mm -hmm. road, so they were live performers. And then there was like a great moment when, as an older person, I I discovered a, a home movie from like. Sometime we were on the road with my parents, me and my brother, and mm. um, one of the Smothers brothers was teaching my brother how to yo-yo. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. Yo-yo brothers. Like, wow. It was like uh, my mom was playing with the Smothers brothers. Like that was the combo, and which is like, wow. oh, of course that makes sense. That's like music and comedy totally mm -hmm. go together. Yeah. yeah. And I was little and impressionable, and that that was normal to me mm -hmm. to be, and yeah. um so i think in that same way that like that bug definitely um gets in there and rubs off a bit yeah and, and, and then when did you first uh, attempt it was it grade school high school like all school all, like, all through all school the time, theater like just okay full, clown full so you're gone the full ham bone <laughs> full ham bone always wanted to be but i you know i think it it took until fairly recently that i realized like like I was always like, I'm an actor, but I'm actually really, I'm a performer. I mm. think I'm more of a, I, I think that my true essence is a live performer. I, yeah. I can act, I can perform, but like I'm much better live. I'm much better on a stage. I'm much happier. I feel like it just is more natural to me that way. I feel Do you like have I a problem? A bit well, with film and and uh, those kinds of things, it can that you're fighting against. You know, we got to do it again, and we're taking a break, and the sun's coming up, and if it's live and the lights are on, then it's just go go go. So you can get lost more easily. Yeah, I mean, that's where you about like this angle, seeing this mole mm -hmm. and this side yeah. of my nose, and like you want to <laughs> pretend that you're not noticing. There's a camera right there but there's a camera right there and then it's like the sixth time you've done it so it's like saying you know it's like saying donut 20 times by the yeah. time it sounds it's not weird. even yeah I, or 125 times dana i yeah. read about these directors that are great but <clears throat> and there's a lot of them that this sounds so crazy but you know <laughs> i i get that you have to do some takes but you read about these people that do 20 30 50 and and in comedy, I, I guess in some instances, I just don't agree with it just on my performing way because I want it to matter every time and I maybe I'm just not good enough to where you give it a thousand percent every time. I've been on sets where you know the first ten, they're not there's no chance they're gonna use them, no matter how good you do. There's just yeah. a thing where they're gonna go, I have a thing about we're gonna go forever. And I worked with a guy once where they go, You wanna go again? And he goes, Yep. Before anyone could say anything, he'd go, Yep. And one time I pulled him aside and I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he, and he goes, oh, if they ever ask me, I'm never going to say no. And I go, well, you got to. <laughs> he goes, I, I just want another chance at it. I go, but that's a decision between you and the director. Like the director is ultimately going to pick. So you you have no say in it. You're just going to go and go and go and go and go. I would say for me personally, like Larry Sanders, yeah. the great, late great. Gary Shandling, and then Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like I've talked to Jeff Garland about it and he says, well, sometimes you don't know you're doing a take. You know, you don't even it's know great. you're doing a take. You're just talking. So you could tell sometimes Richard Lewis and Larry David are 
not really acting anymore. They're just riffing and the camera's rolling and they're sort of breaking. Yeah. So I do think with comedians and performers, the directorial styles should sort of try to yeah. take advantage of that. If you're Daniel Day-Lewis. That's, and that's you're, wonderful you're, because that yeah. is, there is an essence there that is not, you know, it's just far more contrived when you're trying to make it seem natural. And that's so smart. Larry, well, Larry's a smart yeah. guy and, yeah. and, and so is Gary. Discovering it when the camera's rolling as opposed to discovering it before like eastwood doesn't rehearse much they kind of talk and let's get you over there woody allen and i think just trying to preserve that with it with a certain kind of performer where it's just you're discovering it right as the, you're oh now i got it and the camera's rolling as opposed to i got it now let's go over there and shoot it again right tricky that's why movies always sabotage me except wayne's world what we had a lot of control mike and i with, and the shooting was very simple, oh. and there was a lot of so that yes, one worked. Yes, I just the rest rewatched it for the three millionth time with my. You children. did? Oh. oh, yeah, of course I did. I mean, Dana, you're you're beautiful. You're just beautiful. Like everything Jeez, about you. It's it's like watching Jordan just play basketball. It's it's a joke how fantastic you are. Oh, uh, God, I think I love you, but you're yeah. already, we're both married. Um, the, I would say this about that particular movie. I look at Garth and want to be Garth. Right. It shows. I want to be. I want to be him. He's so loyal. He's so positive. He worries about his friend. So, yeah, yeah I'm like he's and he's in the moment. He's playful. So, yeah, I want to be Garth, too. I get, it, I get but it. I feel like you can you can if you really had to think about why we love Garth so, so much, I think it's like. You can kind of feel that, you know, and mm -hmm. there's something like it's the same way that I felt about Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. My parents would watch it and I would watch them watching it. And they were the age the people were on the show. And I was like, "Ooh, that looks fun. It looks like they're having fun with their friends. Mm -hmm. And there was something about it that I was attracted to. Like, I didn't know exactly what it was, but it looked fun. And my parents were fun. Like, I wasn't scared of my parents. They were like young, cool people. So something about it felt familiar and it felt like yeah that's yeah. where cool people Fr are and like friends having fun yeah. is so seductive yeah. and and i've mentioned this recently but david crosby one of the people from the 60s who saw the beatles fresh and he just says these were guys having so much fun and projecting so much joy and and dudes hanging out that you're like you're just i want to yeah. do that I want to oh, have yeah. fun with my friends I think that's like that. probably like if i had to take away like the one thing that when I always think about like, why did I want to do this? Or like, what was I interested in doing when I grew up? All I remember thinking is I want to do that. So it would be like, I'd go to a concert and mm -hmm. I'd like, mm -hmm. I'd look at the person and be like, I want to do that. And then I would see a movie and I was like, I want to do that. Like that was really, yeah. that's really like the only thing I can connect to. Like, I just wanted to be like, I want to yeah. pretend to be those people was kind of how yeah. I felt. So same, same here. And I was, I, I wanted to do it when I was nine. I was too shy and had such a uh, uh, kind of a strange childhood. But a lot of people do. A little rough, David as well. So I never pursued it until later. But it was always a secret kind of desire to yeah. do that. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. 
all the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. Toyota's national sales event is happening now, meaning it's a great time for a great deal on a dependable Toyota truck. Like the Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully designed Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. All new Toyotas come with Toyota Care, a no-cost maintenance plan. See your dealer or visit buyatoyota.com for details. Let's go places. Well, what yeah. about having fun? Forget, I know we got to wrap it up, but Bridesmaids, you couldn't look at more people having fun in a movie. It, whatever... It just that's seems my, like that's lightning in a bottle. You're all friends as a, lightning as in a bottle. That, that movie, fun. yeah, I think you're, unbelievable. You're 100% right, that was the like that was the joy of making that. And like, I think at a certain point, I remember us talking about it, saying like, I don't know if anyone's going to see this movie or like it, but I'm so <laughs> glad we made it. Like, we had oh, so much fun making <clears> it. And that charts. is also like the essence of people that know each other well. You get to so you get yeah. to experience that chemistry, and then you're all make trying to make each other laugh. Mm. You know? Yeah. That just was, Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's one of those movies that just, just uh, made its mark. Well, well, Lou, uh, I got to ask I you two things about loot, just... Maya, before I let you go. You, uh, wow, you this ha- is so, pr- I don't know professional Spade. I'm really, I know this. Spade is kind of today. He is sort of the boss man. He is kind of taking, I, I, feel I, like I, he I got get a to haircut sit back for this podcast. <laughs> he I like did, my it, hair right now. It's I the best too. his hair's looked at. And, uh, last night we had dinner and his hair looked amazing and he was a little cocky about it. It still <laughs> looks good. N- next day hair yeah. is looking it's good. It's very slept on, like. Mm. Yeah, bed, bed head. Look at oh, I got a little PTA I... beard coming in my eye. You see that with the gray? Yeah, mine is too. Look at that. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> is good. And when you do loot, okay, real quick, Dana, I'm going to ask you this because I wrote down her cast is, we, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. I didn't give too much away. I just was watching okay. clips, which, of course, she's- You did? You always, did a little homework? Oh. Always funny to watch her in anything, but- I like to see you really rich in it. Um, but you have Ron Funches and Nat Faxon are the only ones I know in it, but that I know personally. Both great. Both, if they're in there, they're going to score. So if you get to play off them, it's already. Yeah, Nat, Nat and I were in the Groundlings together a oh, mere okay. 20 plus mm. years ago. So that's the that's the joy right there. Yeah. I just fell in love with Ron Funches He's and wanted sweetheart. to know him i love him he has so his own different. own lane he's got something yeah very he's got a, unique he's got a very interesting thing he does yeah, and, uh, so we used to have gentle lights out. and funny yeah always cool. quietly he's scoring every time always you go to quietly him. scoring and it's just oh, it's such a joy to watch it's like hanging out with like a 
the personality of like a human mochi. (laughs) (laughs) I like that description. (laughs) Well, loot should be on now. It's a written by, was it the parks and recs people that put it together? Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you that's sort of a vibe that, that rolls through it. Sort of a vibe spade. It's like, um, you know, if you're like, hanging out with cool mm-hmm. people and like mm-hmm. drinking brews and yeah. I don't know, massaging each other's shoulders. Yep. It's kind of like that. That's it. <laughs> that's where I like to be. That's what I'm doing. That's Come the on. show though. That's the whole show. We just that's... hang out and massage each other's shoulders. It's pretty well, cool. Loot is a cool name because I say loot because I talk about money all the time. So I say loot a lot and I it rap. Is very, it is very fun pretending to be rich. I do. I, I do think that that's the lure of, what um, was exciting about the show yeah that 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 byline makes me intrigued yeah just anyone becoming a billionaire like what yeah what would it be like or like what what can't i do like Mm -hmm. the possibilities are endless but then instantly fall into like social responsibility like uh uh-oh should i should i save the world but one thing about our billionaires is they seem to really, really enjoy it. Like they always say they're going to give it all away, but then their stock goes up. So we, you know, I gave I don't away know if thirty. They can yeah, I don't know if they can and, give it all away. It, it, and then they want to multiply live so fast. They just they give away. Well, I don't think back. they they can. Yeah, you know, Warren Buffett says he's going to give away ninety nine percent, but then there's like a billion left. <laughs> I know, just laying. I'm around. not gonna spoil them. I'm only leaving one percent. It's like I mean, I guess it's not, you can have like a nice place to live and all that, and while you're saving the world, right? You can get some islands and yeah. Den- Dennis Miller says it. Carnfield all comes down to planes and paintings. Okay, that's the <laughs> final frontier. You want that basquiat for about two hundred mil? You got two G fives rotating, going around the world. But yeah, that is the the chariot of all. To have a G six that can travel anywhere, it just yeah. waits for you. That's the most decadent, yeah. uh, cool thing you could you could have. I'm working I on think, it. as a toy. My, Maya's working, working on it, it right? Spade? Trying, yeah, trying. Spades work. Spades. I feel like I should do Garth for a second because you're <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. Uh-oh. with this. Ma- Maya sure has been a good guest. She really knows how to say cool things. Oh God. Oh my yeah. God. I have a total bummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm full on excited right now. I love it. <laughs> All I right. feel funny like when I used to climb the rope in gym class. Oh, damn it. Swing indeed. Sh- swing, swing, swing. Well, Maya, we know you have a hard Thank out. Thank you, Maya. You- I have a hard <laughs> out not, a- because of, not because of you guys because I got to go do Fallon. It's Jimmy's fault. Well, Jimmy. you know what? I'm, I'm doing D- Jim Downey wrote that. I'm on my way to Santa Monica after this. His documentary for Oh, yeah. Peacock. Yeah, I did that when I, when I was here last time. I'm doing that That's very today. exciting and probably a, a, a rich piece of history that yes. um, will be worth worth uh, being a part of. It, it's nice when someone gets their due that Jim was this one of the overarching pr- people of the history of the show. Can you do a little Jim Downey for me? Oh, uh, that's tough. You know something, something really funny about you know. I don't know. He always stares at the ceiling. It just feels a little precious. It's something. There's a, All I I'm get is a uh, Maya. It's the downer. <laughs> is that what he says? Yeah. It's I once called him, and I'm gonna say without exaggeration, he talked for three hours straight. Only once in a while, going, 
am I talking too much? And it was it was absolutely fascinating. We went over global history, U.S. history. He just went everywhere. I've never met an intellect. He goes to the Yale Library and just gets big books and reads them. He's like this <laughs> brainiac extraordinary. What a rich life we've lived that we've crossed paths with some of these people yeah. and minds and um i'm also yes i'm also including both of you it's pretty wild it's like it's pretty wild to have had a job that the job that we all have in common um provided mm-hmm. us with this like weekly changing thing so we really yeah. did like sometimes i'll kind of think like wow i did meet a lot of people in my 20s yeah. He's like, I met people. I, or yeah. like, I worked with them for a week, you know? It's and you weird. forget. I see people and they go, I hosted SNL when you were there. I go, oh, that's right. Like, even Michael Jordan, I remember I did a whole week with him, ended a sketch with him, and I'm like, they go, have you ever met Michael Jordan? I go, I don't think so. And they go, no, you did. You did You did the whole show with him. I go, well, because it's sort of just work and you just try to stay out of their face and you just try to keep everything respectful and you forget. Yeah, I would like, always get kind of nervous when the host was, the host in the early days was down in the offices and they'd go, would you like to go? Um, <laughs> yeah. Charlton Heston would like to say hello yeah. to you. And then you're walking down there and you open the door and then there's Charlton Heston or, you know, or Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's just like, uh, always, hello. Always nervous. Never yeah. not nervous yeah. about no. that. To me, no. that was no. never like, I got, let me handle this. Let me handle it. It's Hi. Daniel Day-Lewis. Hi, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, oh, what's Jesus. up? But you're okay. right. That's why this What's pod- up, Jesus Christ? Hey. <laughs> when did he host? In um, 97. Oh, and our musical guest is Madonna. I feel like it'll be a sort of a good mix. <laughs> with, with Jesus? It's, it's that yeah. thing. It would be really nice if it was like a really good show. Oh, uh. Dana, you I'm not kidding. If it's just like once a year that you want to <laughs> leave me voice messages. I'll, yeah, I'll get your information. And I will occasionally leave you a message from Lauren. I mean, I, I, will, say, Lauren. I will say for, what, for when we wrote for the 40th, for mm-hmm. the, um, you know, um, when Martin Short and I did the musical thing. For oh, yeah. 40th, oh, right, right, right. I wrote Chopping, we wrote Chopping Broccoli for you because yes. that made us so happy. And that was such a big part of our lives of like, me and Emily Spivey were like, oh my God, do you think Dana would say yes? And then we got to like talk to you about it. And you're you were you're more like us. I never mm-hmm. I never assume people remember me. I never mm-hmm. impose. I'm always like, yeah. okay, yeah. like a like a right. on the back foot. Cause I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like that over familiarity. And you were like, is this okay? Do you want this in here? Like, Jesus, like that honestly was the component to like, that was like the key ingredient to like bringing it all together and i feel like that moment in my life where the like younger me was like in Mm -hmm. love with you and watching you be a genius on the show and quoting you in my house and in my life and then getting to pay respect to that and then notice i don't say these things to spade ever Mm. so well maya could i just say because of that and thank you for putting it in there during the commercial break Paul McCartney was sitting in the in the stand, so I did this little teeny thing from Revolver. Your day breaks, your mind aches, and I'm not a big piano player, but I was able to play that. And Paul stood up, did his six shooters. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. So that was like our connection. And then we did Wayne's World at the end of the show, and we're doing the good nights. And suddenly, there's someone massaging me. No. And I look no. up, and it's Paul. Good change, you know. So all of us to sum up. 
when you're on Saturday Night Live experientially, who you meet, the pressure, 8-H, Lorne Michaels, it's a time in your life when you're having success or not, everything about it and the 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 relationships you make that if you ran into somebody, you couldn't see him for 10 years, like with David and I, I didn't yeah. see him a lot for many years, suddenly we're best friends in like three seconds. Mm. So that's why this podcast is fun because it's yeah. such a seminal part of all of our lives. It's a I, linchpin. I, I'll, I'll come back um, if you want to do like a four hour session next time. We, love we would it. love too many like, things. That was met with like a resounding silence. No, you have I, so well, many I was, No one's ever said about. that to us. No, everyone goes, everyone at the end, they just go, okay, I did this. I did you a favor. I'll never do this again. That's usually the sign off. You're the first to say. <laughs> no, Jimmy was great yesterday. Jimmy, uh, <laughs> Jimmy yeah, he Fallon. Just, yeah, he's he was, so fucking funny. So we, we had we a great a time and uh, we love you, Maya. I always joke with you, but I love you to death because you're, so great yeah. and we're at, at, i'm at an age where i just tell everyone i love them so we're gonna bring dana you. into the fold and then you can slowly uh phase me out and bring in dana um i've been waiting for so long to do that thank you <laughs> great okay uh, bye I honey love you guys thank Have you fun. so much love you bye. <laughs> hey what's up flies what's up fleas what's up people that listen we want to hear from you and your dumb questions questions ask us anything anything you want you can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Okay, we're going to read a fan question from Aaron Andraco. Andriaco. Andriaco. Ay, ay, ay. Aaron Andriaco. Yeah. Hey, guys. 43-year-old lifelong SNL fan. Love the podcast. I'm always amazed how much original material is generated only in a week. Oh, at the show. Curious how many weeks it took to write the 40th special. Ooh, that's a good question. That was very tricky. I think that was Steve Higgins was in charge of that. I would say like everything else on SNL, it's it's devoted to ADD theater. Why do it now when you can do it later? And then this compression mentally starts this pressure and finally you have to work on it. I think we probably did the 40th in the same amount we did, even though it was like a four regular hour week. special yeah. as a regular week. There was no really rehearsal on the soundstage. I mean, Mike and I were just back in a room going, you know, I could do that too, Wayne. <laughs> just this yeah, you're room. left to your own devices. Kind yeah, of. and we we're just practicing ourselves. So that was fly by the seat of your pants 40th that turned out amazing. But it was one of those shows that was iffy, right? What did it you was, do on the 40th? I didn't, I wasn't in anything. And I go, yeah, we'll just come. And then uh, I said, they oh, put you in maybe something. one night, maybe one sketch when they're leaving, I'll just stand there and say, bye-bye. And they goes, yeah. So at the end of the Californians, he goes, just say, bye-bye, bye-bye. And because I was like, I'll take anything. Everyone was being cool because I go, that'd be funny. Cause it's something I, took I did. the 405 to the to Stone yeah, Canyon California Drive. Was funny. It's California, sorry. And you know, everyone was game for that. Like I just did like the end of a sketch. And then Steve Martin puts the whole get up on for King Tut to sing two lines to be a part of some other bigger sketch. It was just, it was just fun. It was more fun the 40th because everywhere you turned, it was someone you knew or someone famous. And they were all just, it was more of a party. People were drinking. It was less of a show. It's like the, the, it was a wax museum when you looked at the in the stands. It was everybody was famous. So you're playing to all famous people, mm. which normally might not be the best audience. But Mike and I went on at the very end, like almost at midnight. We waited like for eight hours. Mm. And I said, either we're, we should be really flattered <laughs> that they, oh, we'll put them on at the very end or really yeah. angry. But I said, let's go fuck them up, man. So the rest is history. Yeah. That's it. Uh, say, what is his name? Oh, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for writing that in. That was our shortest answer ever, to be honest. Thank you, Aaron. 
Andy Draco. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 